0: Hey, this is Brian Hargrove from Public Enemy, and I never listen to I Doubt It
1: with Dahlemore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dahlemore. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 683 I Doubt It with Dollamore, I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. I
2: have... A lot of things are happening right now. And so, well, first of all, we are... This is our first... uh distance recording podcast that we've ever done that is right and i just so you put your your hand up to indicate that we were starting and right as that happened i dropped my phone and smashed it into the table so (laughs) that is setting things off to a really great (laughs) note and then i just realized i have you on my screen so that i we can look at each other while we're doing the show still
1: sorry about that
2: but I'm gonna have to get rid of you throughout the show because I have malinks that I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is gonna be it's it's gonna be difficult. We'll, it's gonna it's we'll, gonna be a change.
1: We'll we'll find a rhythm because yeah. we are. I mean, you're 1,200 miles away or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh,
2: that's why we'll find a rhythm.
1: We'll we'll have to. It'll be. We'll find new norms, Brittany yeah. Page. New new norms
2: i certainly hope so
1: because it's um i don't even know how i'm gonna edit this goddamn thing even right now i'm like (laughs) we were recording for a lot anyway i don't want to get into how the sausage is made or how it will be made i know that's your favorite thing you like to talk about how the sausage is made Brittany page
2: don't prefer it (laughs) don't prefer the phrase that
1: is the situation i am in washington state and britney is in southern california Uh uh-huh things are going well here speaking of new norms setting Mm -hmm. uh setting things straight getting used to how things are going to be for the next couple months so it is good we've gotten a lot of feedback from from listeners we've not feedback i guess a lot of well wishes a lot of emails a lot of voicemails a lot of love from the audience in general and we really there's no way to communicate just how much we appreciate it it is uh in emotional stressful time and uh it's nice to know that there is an army of supporters out there who are being super thoughtful it's uh it's really great
2: yeah it's it's been really great we really appreciate everybody i also i want to say that a lot of people said don't hurry back basically like take your time don't hurry back and I think that for us, we've been doing this for like six years or something. And so it feels weird when we're not doing it. Like it's a cathartic part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. And so it partly is selfish why we do the show, right? So that we can process what's happening and talk about it. And it's actually good for us to do that, to kind of take our mind off of other things that might be happening. So. We appreciate the sentiments. We appreciate everyone reaching out and saying, "like take as much time as you need." But we're we're wanting to do this. We're wanting to do the show, and we appreciate your patience as things may be a little rocky. You know. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, this certainly is an exercise, a certain flavor of exercise in in self care because it's yeah. it's refuge in what is familiar. So
3: yeah, well, I'm uh, well.
1: I'm glad that we're we're continuing on forging ahead
2: yes well one thing that i think we should talk about is how we were both following strict quarantine and we just dove headfirst out of quarantine by getting on airplanes
1: (laughs) talk about an anxiety inducing practice activity is getting on a goddamn plane
2: yeah, well, and I took a lift to the airport. So <laughs> that was another anxiety-inducing thing. I mean, you you're going from barely leaving the house to then getting in a lift with a stranger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He yeah.
2: was he was wearing a mask and I was wearing a mask and then we debated uh police brutality the entire way to the airport, <laughs> which was really nice, a nice little morning debate.
1: <laughs> Good old sesh, Orange County.
2: What, what like a nice cup of coffee.
1: What side did he Find himself.
2: Oh, well, he said you shouldn't run away from the police because then you right,
1: get shot. Right. Tell that Terry Garner. Makes Eric a lot Garner. of sense. Tell that Terry Garner, sense. who 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 didn't run from the police and is now dead nonetheless.
2: I mean, aside from the fact you <laughs> running from the police is not a death sentence. Like that's not how so that works. Anyway,
1: you, you guys were talking about the the this latest case in Atlanta, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. Rayshard yeah. Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, it was good, though. He, he came around. I think he mostly just wanted me to shut up, so he, he was telling me I had good points. Yeah. <laughs> but when I got to the airport, it was Southwest. I heard that American Airlines is not doing uh, social distancing like Southwest is doing. Southwest is not selling middle seats. Yeah. So, when you get on the plane, it's only window and aisle. You have to have a mask, except for stupidly enough, when you are eating or drinking your snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a weird thing. Why are they giving snacks yeah, Just don't drinks? serve
1: the goddamn... They're not that important. You don't need the peanuts that much. Just don't serve them.
2: Yeah, I mean, even for a four-hour flight or something, can't you just not have a drink for four hours? It seems... I don't know. It's just strange. So I kept my mask on the whole time. Didn't touch anything. Well, I touched my seatbelt to put it on and then I used hand sanitizer and then I took my seatbelt off, used hand sanitizer and I didn't touch anything. So it's very it's very stress inducing. But how is your plane experience, Jesse D?
1: About the same. I mean, stressful. When when I first flew out, I at your behest wore I doubled up. I wore the the, the this giant cloth mask, and then underneath <laughs> it was like the the blue and white surgical mask. So, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm. I think I was pretty covered.
2: Why am I being accused of forcing this on you? It's
1: not, it's not an accusation. It's the history of what happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you
1: not? Did you not suggest? Well,
2: was I it not a suggestion, it. a suggestion. I recommended it yeah <laughs> right
1: okay a recommendation
2: yeah sure so w- we are so far surviving though so that's good and hopefully people will continue to abide by the mask wearing and the social distancing although I- i'm not seeing a lot of it it's like when i go on social media people live in different worlds I- i'm seeing people that are not doing it and i'm like what What is happening? Some people that live in California, like they're going to the beach with their family and their friends. And I'm like, "Ooh, what's happening?
1: Yeah, here here it's very stark because I am near the Idaho-Washington border. And when you cross the border, it's the fucking Wild West in Idaho. Nobody wears a mask. And then here in Washington State, you know, one mile away, it's a completely different scenario where Governor Inslee here, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington, actually made... He doubled down again and said, no, it's mandatory. And still Mm -hmm. people are walking around defiantly. It's strange.
2: Yeah, very strange. So we have some listener communication that we want to get to. We know it's been a while. This first one is going to be a little bit of s in our own D. (laughs) So just so everybody knows, that's what's about to happen here. The, the title of the email on the subject line is old slash new subscriber.
1: Oh, I thought it was going to be Essen of the D. No,
2: no, I'm putting this on this person. Oh. I, I don't know if it's the intent, but it's how it was received. I stopped listening to your podcast about one to two years ago. Still listen to you on YouTube vids. This is when you were critical of Sam Harris in response to his interview with the genetic racist Murray. Yeah. At the time, I believed Sam was trying to shed light on a taboo subject. To be fair, I only listened to Sam once in a while. After Harris's last podcast, I am convinced I made a grave error. His pod is horribly biased with cherry picked debunked info. I apologize for having left and am resubscribing. Thank you for all you do.
1: This is a heartwarming occurrence. I mean, listen, we we advocate on the show all the time about being willing to change one's own mind when new information comes to light or or whatever, when when the circumstances change and warrant it. And that was a thing a couple of years ago where we lost a large portion of audience. We lost a a, a lot of of listener um Patreon support even because we questioned the 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 i don't know we we questioned sam harris and people fucking freaked out i stand by it i do believe listen i i i've said before i don't believe that sam harris is alt-right i don't believe that he's necessarily a racist but he certainly does fuel the fire he provides the oxygen to the flames of people um who are racist who are alt-right types it's kind of the same thing with, like, a, a Joe Rogan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, um, he's an entryway for those pernicious, racist, white supremacist views. And IQ race science is that open door.
2: Yeah, it's also interesting. I still follow Sam Harris on Twitter. I don't listen to his podcast anymore because he put it behind a paywall after a certain length of time. And I wasn't going to pay him, so I just yeah. I stopped listening. But it's interesting following him on Twitter and seeing the people that he chooses to elevate using his platform. I mean, he's constantly giving Andrew Sullivan retweets yeah. and promoting his ideas, and he's consistently terrible. So it's just strange that given everything that's happening right now with Black Lives Matter and this conversations surrounding police and defunding the police and how our society is structured in terms of power imbalances that he chooses to elevate people with terrible ideas it shows where his priorities lie that's prick shit bruh. there we go that's prick shit so i want to give a shout out to someone that is a very important twitter follow and that is chris kavanaugh It's not Brett Kavanaugh, Chris Kavanaugh, (laughs) and it is at C underscore K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. Because I don't listen to Sam's podcast anymore, I follow Chris Kavanaugh as a shortcut to give me everything I need to know about the intellectual dark web. Now, (laughs) he does a tremendous public service. He should start a Patreon because he listens to everything that Brett and Eric Weinstein put out. He... He just consumes everything intellectual dark web and he gives uh, Twitter threads about it. He read Jordan Peterson's entire book, did a Twitter Twitter thread about it. And he's very, very fair. He had criticisms for Jordan Peterson, but he also praised him for different things as well. So he's very, very fair.
1: That's the element that I like about Chris Kavanaugh is the fact that a lot of times people are alarmist and they'll take things out of context. So you don't really know if it's how accurate it is. He's pretty straight down the line.
2: Yeah, so he it's is good.
1: So to the emailer, that would be, uh, I think, a good resource for sure. Is yeah. is Chris Kavanaugh on Twitter? And and let me say this, you know, we'll, we we very much appreciate. There was no, ne- there was n- absolutely no need for the caller or the the emailer to write in. It, we we, yeah. we could have gone on not knowing that information, and the world would have kept turning. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's. He's going out of his way to say, hey, I was wrong. That's fucking fantastic. I think we need to all, it's it's good, it's modeling of good behavior, as you, would, uh, as you would put it.
2: For sure. And we didn't use the name in case this person is listening and like, what the hell, why am I not getting credit for this? Is they there praising me? <laughs> that is because you didn't put your name in the body of the email. And when there is no name in the body of the email, we assume you want it to be anonymous.
1: That is how it works. Yep. So, if you would like to communicate with the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email, like the emailer did, an email to idoubtit at We do have a voicemail that covers a couple of different topics, and we'll get to that before we uh, get on with the program.
3: Hi, Jesse and Brittany. It's Grace from Buffalo, New York. I had two things I wanted to mention. One, with regard to the slogan um, that they've come up with, Defund the Police. Uh, Whenever you have to explain your slogan, then it's not effective. A slogan should deliver an effective message in an effective amount of time. Uh, I don't know that I have a great answer, um, but I prefer more of the replace and reform, Um, something along those lines. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, with all of this uh, COVID-19 still rampaging around, I am very worried because here in um, Western New York, we had quite a few cases and I've known quite a few people who are very ill, some that died and some that have some underlying or I'm sorry, still have some uh, lingering conditions as a result. And what I'm really worried about is New York seems to be on the decline and yet we have all of these states, um, some of them irresponsible who are reopening Pell-Mell. And it kind of bothers me because as they start moving around and they start traveling, do they bring it back to New York? Do we see another spike? I know there's not really any way I can stop that, um, but I will be honest, it it really bothers me. Um, I know I'm getting all emotional. Uh, My husband has multiple sclerosis, so... You know, it just—it just bothers me that people can be so selfish and so irresponsible, um, as to uh, put their their own personal interests and the economy, for God's sakes, um, above our very lives. And well, in, in terms of the election, and indeed, in, in above the soul of the nation. Anyway, uh, sorry for the rant. I really appreciate you guys. Um, love the show. Bye.
2: Well, I I appreciate the emotionality because I feel like that is what people need to hear to convince them that their behavior is really crucial in making things better for everybody else. I mean, this is really (laughs) Republicans want to talk about individual responsibility right personal responsibility but right now personal responsibility doesn't seem to be a priority on the right and that's something that's really surprising to me that that mask wearing and social distancing has become a political issue it's absurd and by the
1: way being fueled by ding-dongs like uh joe rogan that we were talking about
2: yeah and we have I think it's like 26 states where coronavirus cases are on the rise. Yeah, I think that's right. And I know the caller talked about New York specifically, but here in California, Gavin Newsom just ordered bars in Los Angeles closed and in six other counties, I believe. He just put Imperial County back on stay-at-home order and 13 other counties in California are on the stay-at-home watch list meaning that if their case numbers continue to grow and their hospitalizations continue to grow, then they're going to be put back on the stay-at-home order. And Orange County is moving closer and closer to being put on that watch list. Yeah. And, well, and part having, of it comes from...
1: Orange County is having record, record-setting record um, new cases day after day after day, worse than even the very beginning of this. So it's... It is... I, I feel... For grace, because I feel that very same frustration you know that kind of tends toward rage when someone is defiant in not wearing i mean they're it's almost like they're just and maybe this is me putting it on them, but I'm feeling like they're just like daring someone to say something they just can't wait for the confrontation
2: yeah i I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> I do know that there's a restaurant here in Orange County that is blowing up in Orange County circles because they are anti-mask, meaning that you can't come in there with a mask on. <laughs> yeah, they make you
1: take your mask off. Speaking of freedom.
2: Yeah, so it it's just it's becoming it's a it's a bit much. And it's a I bit much. <laughs> I wish that people would just just wear the mask for the love of God. Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. think of think of people like grace and her husband and lead with that i mean lead with empathy it shouldn't be this difficult but it's it's turned into a political issue and political partisanship dominates all thinking yes
1: yes it does
2: unfortunately
1: uh is my frustration coming through?
2: <laughs> it is. It is very much so. All right. Well, we
1: thank you guys very much. We appreciate the communication. Again, if you want to talk to the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo or an old-fashioned email to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
4: Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore.
2: All right. These are our new Patreon supporters. Eric. Eric. Grant.
1: Grant. Fiona. Fiona. Mindy. Mindy.
2: And then we have some Patreon supporters that upped their pledges. Yes. Jamilia. Jamilia. Eric. Eric. Eric more than doubled the pledge.
1: Yes. Kristen. Kristen.
2: Kristen more than doubled the pledge. All right. Alex. Alex. Alex doubled the pledge. Wow. Jennifer.
1: Jennifer.
2: Jennifer doubled the pledge. Wow. Zachary. Zachary. Zachary more than doubled the pledge. Wow. It's
1: fantastic. I mean, it's a lot of support. Darren. Darren.
2: Darren doubled the pledge. Kim. Kim. Kim doubled the pledge. All
1: right. <laughs> Maybe we should have said all these people doubled the pledge and then named the names. Louise. <laughs> Louise.
2: Louise upped the pledge.
1: All right.
2: Well, that's why I was saying it because <laughs> I was just. Anyway, we give a special shout out if yeah, it's double. Yeah, we do. Or...
1: I know. I'm not. It's good.
2: Well, you don't need to attack me for it. I don't. I'm
1: just in an attacky mood. I'm sorry.
2: Well, all right. You're you're so... an
1: easy target. You're only the yeah. only one here. So
2: yeah. So everyone knows that when I get emotional on the show, I ratchet it down because I don't like to get emotional on the show. And Jesse tells me to lean into the mic because he wants it to be on the show. <laughs> but as I was reading that, I I got emotional yeah. and I had to ratchet it down because it really has been difficult. And I just want to thank everybody. We, it, we haven't gotten back to everybody for the messages that have been um, sent in. We'll try to work our, our way through those, but please know that we read everything that was sent to us, and it has really meant a lot to us. So thank you so much, everybody. And we we still want to be doing this. Like we said at the top of the show, it's it's cathartic for us to talk about these things. They're important things to continue talking about, and we want to continue these conversations with you guys.
1: In the midst of the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So we... we we, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for all of your continued support and your love of the show and the, the love that you've shown um, Brittany, me, and, you know, my, my, my daughter who will remain unnamed. So we appreciate you guys very much. You are fantastic. Dollar facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So you may have seen that Donald Trump tweeted a tweet on Sunday. I mean, listen. (laughs) How, how, I don't know at this point how anyone can deny that Donald Trump is a white supremacist, a racist. When the president of the United States of America retweets a video... Of a guy wearing a Trump shirt screaming white power into the face of a protester. Where do you go? How can you deny? I'm going to play a clip of the video that he retweeted and then un Then he deleted his retweet after there was some backlash, but it stayed up for over 90 minutes.
2: Yeah, I want to give some quick context to it. So it the video was taken at the Villages, which is a <laughs> retirement community in Florida.
1: Yeah, and a big the Fox video, News advertiser. I don't know if they still are, but they used to be a big Fox News advertiser.
2: A retirement community yeah. is advertising on Fox oh, News. Oh yeah,
1: they've got a the Villages. They've got some corny no. ass. Yeah, they yes they have a theme song. <sighs>
2: Wow. Okay. So in the video, it's a lot of people wearing Trump shirts, Trump signs on their golf carts, and they're driving by the protesters and they're yelling insults at them and about the president. And then in one exchange, eight seconds into the two minute video. So did you hear me? Eight seconds yeah. into the two minute video.
5: Right.
2: A white man holding a sign that says, Make America Sane Again yells, Where's your white hood? in response a white man driving a golf cart with a sign reading Trump 2020 and America First yells back white power twice
1: 8 seconds in so it, there's no way that it could be said oh i didn't uh i didn't see that didn't hear that i'm only going to play like the first 30 seconds or so cuz it's it is just elderly people tell each other to fuck off i mean it is there's there some funny stuff in there you know well your language is really great anyway here's here's the the top the, the part we're talking about
6: you. White power. Yeah. White yes. Power. Yes. there you go white power
3: Trump. Oh, you
6: your the language. Fuck Trump.
2: Trump. Nasty language. Oh, oh. oh Listen Trump. to your president
1: if you want nasty language, you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. So, uh, okay. The
2: villages. So, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so he, he retweeted it and he said, Thank you to the great people of the villages, yeah, the again. radical left, do nothing. Democrats will fall in the fall. Corrupt. Joe Biden is shot. See you soon. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So can
1: can we just for a moment before we get to the substance of the actual tweet and the fact that the president of the United States retweeted a video where a man is screaming white power? um, Can we talk about Trump's punctuation and his his fucking fascination, his obsession with capitalizing words that do not need to be capitalized?
2: Well, it makes it difficult for me to read things, and that's really the most important part of this, for sure. I, I want to comment on this NPR article because I love this line. They say, "White power is a white supremacist slogan," according to the Anti Defamation League. Oh, really, NPR? Is it a white supremacist slogan? You, we had no idea. You really Thank need
1: you. to you, you need to fact check that one, huh?
2: Yeah. Well, we, well, to well, we went to the authorities,
1: that. and that's what they say. Yeah. yeah
2: so, I want to comment though because you referenced the period of time. Into the video that this is this happens, and you said there's no way he didn't hear it. Let's say he did hear it. I'm sorry, let's say he didn't hear it. Let's go with his excuse. He's saying he didn't hear it. Yeah. Let's say he didn't hear it. Okay, sure. What has he said after he retweeted the video and taken it down? Well, let's talk about that. In a statement, Judd Deere, the White House deputy press secretary, Mm -hmm. didn't apologize for the tweet. didn't condemn racism, white supremacy, white power movements. Yeah, right. This is what was said. Quote, President Trump is a big fan of the villages. I was tempted the to say
1: villages. It.
2: He did not hear the one statement made on the video. What he did see was tremendous enthusiasm from his many supporters.
1: Again, so, listen, this isn't... This is an endorsement of those ideas. When when, even if it was to be an accident, any rational, normal, respectable president of the United States who wants to represent everyone would have said, "Oh shit," paraphrasing here. Sorry, didn't see that. Those views are deplorable. Those views are reprehensible. They are pernicious. They are dangerous to our society. And I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Instead, it is red meat. It is a dog whistle all the people who are you know now uh, supporting uh, all these confederate statues and the confederate flag being flown everywhere they are they got the message he's with us now he has to because of pc bullshit he has to delete it but he's with us mission is accomplished already by the fact that he tweeted it
2: right and that's why i said let's let's go with him saying he didn't hear it what's he doing about it now yeah. and he's doing nothing he's choosing to still say they're great people. They had a lot of enthusiasm. They're great people. Yeah. Even though they were yelling white power, not really going to talk about that, but they're great. So we know what's being signaled to the white power activists. And listen, a 90 minute tweet, this being up that long, that's long enough to signal to the white power activists. I'm one of you. Yep. Listen, and it's that's, the all same. That, that's all that they need. That's all they need.
1: It is the same tactics that, that, that organized white supremacists have been using four decades D- david duke even i'm listening to slow burn this new season of slow burn which is about david duke this is the exact same things that he has done in one breath out of one side of his mouth he says all of the the classic racist kkk nonsense and then out of the other he's like no no i just want to have you know low taxes and and lower the budgets for for entitlement programs it's it's Southern strategy that's still being used today. And it's. You can't hide behind it anymore. It's. We know the game. Just quit fucking trying to play it. We get it.
2: Well, and it's how much longer are people willing to give him the benefit of the doubt? I mean, how many times does this need to happen where it's a light tip of the hat to the racist. Right. If you, if you even want to call it light, I mean it's not, but for the people that give him the benefit of the doubt, that's what they would say. How many instances that do they need? before they finally stop giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, isn't he a smart guy? They right. claim he's a smart guy, right? Even, so he knows what listen, he's doing.
1: Even on Facebook when he when he tw- uh tweet the, the the ad they used wh- that was a a symbol that was used by the Nazis. How many little coincidences can there be before someone says, "Yeah, it's not coincidence anymore. This is, a, this is an, an engineered motive. This is an engineered um, action that's being taken in order to garner more support, more virulent support from racists and white supremacists all across the country. That is exactly how this, th- that's how this works. For sure. Again. Ugh. So Alex Azar, who's the Health and Human Services Secretary. Donald Trump went on uh, he took the rounds today on the Sunday shows he was like on all of them we've got a clip later in the show where he's talking to, to to Chuck Todd about specific COVID related things but he was on with Jake Tapper and this had just happened and Jake Tapper asked him specifically about it
0: this morning I do have to ask you I'm stunned that the president retweeted this video in which one of his apparent supporters shouts white power I assume that that's not
4: a message you stand by. Well, I've not seen that video or that tweet, but obviously neither the president, his administration, nor I would do anything to be supportive of white supremacy uh, or anything that uh, that would support discrimination of any kind.
0: Do you think that was a mistake by the president to tweet I, a video in which one of his apparent supporters says white power very clearly on the video?
4: Hey, Jake, as I, as I said, I, I've been uh, I've been here getting ready to speak to you. I've not seen that, and so I don't want to comment <laughs> further on that. But obviously the president and I, his whole administration, would stand against any acts of white supremacy.
2: Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, obviously.
1: obviously. Well, well, listen, it isn't obvious, and th- the fact that the accusation can be credibly made against Donald Trump— you can't just say, well, no, uh, come on, Jake, Jake, sir, Jake, uh, that is just uh, <laughs> that is just ridiculous, Jake. Uh, obviously, the president doesn't support white supremacy. I mean, it's only that he's called Nazis who marched in Charlottesville very fine people. Get the yeah. fuck out of here.
2: Uh, also, I mean, what other facts do you need? He retweeted a video of his supporter yelling white power. Those are the facts. Yeah. respond to the facts as they exist you don't need to play the oh, i really haven't seen it yet i haven't taken the time i've been prepared for this yeah <laughs> we no those are the facts yeah what what do you think about the president of the united states retweeting a video with the white power statement from his supporters
1: he, he not really is. it doesn't instill confidence that this guy is in in you know a, a a very high leadership position, especially related to the current health crisis that we're facing, and he's playing a pivotal role there. It's just yeah, a fucking dumb dumb.
2: Well, you know, I can't wait for Kaylee McEnany, who sold her soul to defend all of this. <laughs> I just, what's it like behind the scenes for these people? Because you have to know that many of them don't actually support him; they just want the power or the money yeah, sure. or they want to sell a book afterward. I mean, who knows what their motivations are, but they're selling their soul at least right now. Uh, When she got the text that on Monday, she's going to have to be defending this at the podium. Can you I imagine,
1: mean, can you imagine doing that? I mean, she must have, just wall to wall, twenty four seven diarrhea. Just fucking bubble guts constantly. Just from the nerves. Like, oh fuck, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to answer this? How am I going to handle this? I'm going to look yeah. like a fucking idiot going into the press briefing room and trying to defend or justify this.
2: Yeah, or you she would takes think, anyway. She takes her vitamin C in the morning. Pops an amodium ad. <laughs> I think that's the one. I'm not totally I've never had to really right, take it. Yeah. So I don't know if I, I stable, did I Googled that. Stable poops. I Googled poops. that. that Brittany, I didn't,
1: Brittany Page is known the world over for stable poops.
2: I didn't know Imodium AD as a diarrheal medication just <laughs> off the top of my head. That's not something it's that just, just a, happened. You maybe guys. a
1: lucky guess.
2: Super <laughs> it was lucky a guess. guess. <laughs> it was a guess. <laughs> oh.
1: So the other thing that's happening this week that uh, I I really don't think is getting enough press is the fact that uh, it has been revealed that Russia has been offering cash as like a bounty on active serving soldiers and Marines, um, airmen, got to get everybody in there, Brittany. You don't want to leave anybody out Mm -hmm. in active war zones in Afghanistan paying, offering cash for for the, uh, the death of United States servicemen.
0: We get uh, new details uh, from uh, intelligence officials in Europe who've confirmed to CNN that Russian officers put bounties on American and British troops serving in Afghanistan.
2: That's right. CNN's Nick Payton Walsh joins us now. And Nick, you actually spoke with intelligence officials. They confirmed that reporting.
5: Yeah, it's an extraordinary but also complex story here. At the heart of it, though, is something very simple. That The European intelligence official I spoke to says that Russian military intelligence officers offered money to Taliban fighters in Afghanistan to kill American or other coalition fighters. A remarkable new development in what is still America's longest war. Now, the European intelligence official called this callous, shocking and reprehensible, but also said... He was bewildered by Russia's motivation here because, obviously, to be caught in something like that is a, an exceptional geopolitical mess to find yourself in. I should point out the Russian embassy in Washington has said this is not true and used the hashtag blame Russia to dismiss the initial reports that emerged about this story in the New York Times. And the Taliban have also said they had nothing to do with this, that they're focused on peace talks and don't need foreigners to tell them how to conduct their military operations. An interesting detail in that this European intelligence official said to me that actually the particular part of Russian military intelligence responsible for this is known as 29155 and they're the unit that are also accused of being behind the poisoning in Salisbury in the United Kingdom in 2018 of the Skripal father and daughter. I don't know if you remember that. Most importantly here though the European intelligence official said to me that this offer of money had in fact resulted in casualties in the coalition. He wasn't clear on the nationality, the number, the date or the nature but it does showed that this offer didn't just disappear as an idea, it caused something very real to happen. The White House itself, in its statement, has not come forward and denied these reports about the intelligence. They have instead chose to try and correct the New York Times' reporting that suggested President Donald Trump and his Vice President Mike Pence, who you heard from just there, were in fact briefed about it back in March. The White House says that is not true. But a startling choice uh, of kind of denial for the White House to put out, not confronting Russia's action, instead discussing whether or not Donald Trump was briefed about it. You have to wonder, why would he not be told about something like this? And this yet again complicates matters in Afghanistan. That war continues, America's longest, Donald Trump very keen to get out. So you have to ask, why would Russia perhaps complicate matters by trying to foment further American casualties? Uh, A very complicated matter here, certainly what's not complicated is the strength of the allegations here. Russian military intelligence paid or tried to pay Taliban fighters to get them to kill Americans. A startling accusation in itself. So two things are happening here. One
1: is the fact that Donald Trump is denying that he was even briefed on this. Doesn't matter whether or not he was briefed for the fact that now that we know about this, what are we doing? What is being done to further isolate Russia from the international community something needs to be done instead what we see Russians are now paying to have US troops murdered killed in 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 uh what would obviously be a terrorist attack and instead of further isolating them Donald Trump wants Russia to be brought back into the international fold and be a part of G7 to be to be um, showered with the benefits of being a legitimate nation state and um, they their they're pals. So the same president that hugs the fucking flag literally hugs the flag and talks about his <laughs> love of the troops is now yeah. palling around with a group of individuals that that wants to pay to have them murdered the same. These two things can't exist um, simultaneously.
2: Well, and I'm glad you brought up the, what is he doing now? Because this is the consistent defense that they try to put out there is, well, I didn't know you see it with the white power tweet. Well, I didn't hear that statement. Right, right. Okay, great. So you weren't briefed on it. You didn't hear the statement. Now you know about it. So what now leader leader? What are you doing now, leader? What is happening? Um, I want to give just a little bit more detail on the reporting, and this is from Washington Post. Several people familiar with the matter said it was unclear exactly how many Americans or coalition troops from other countries may have been killed or targeted under the program. U.S. forces in Afghanistan suffered a total of 10 deaths from hostile gunfire or improvised bombs in 2018. In 16 in 2019, two have been killed this year. In each of those years, several service members were also killed by what are known as, quote, green on blue hostile incidents by members of Afghan security forces, which are sometimes believed to have been infiltrated by the Taliban. Yeah. So I want to also read the statement from Kaylee McEnany on this issue and what's important about this is like you said she says that neither trump nor pence were briefed on this but she doesn't deny the validity of the u.s intel itself and this was first reported in the new york times so she's denying that they were briefed on it but she's not denying the validity right of the intel so this is her statement the united states receives thousands of intelligence reports a day They're just so busy, you guys. There's just too much to get through. What do you expect them to know everything about what's going on? Sorry,
1: troops, we're busy.
2: And they are subject to strict scrutiny. While the White House does not routinely comment on alleged intelligence or internal deliberations, the CIA director, national security advisor, and the chief of staff can all confirm that neither the president nor the vice president were briefed on the alleged Russian bounty intelligence. This does not speak to the merit of the alleged intelligence, but to the inaccuracy of the New York Times story erroneously suggesting that President Trump was briefed on this matter.
1: Right. Right. they're picking that out to be the thing that they quarrel with.
2: Because they can't ever have him accept responsibility right. for anything. Ugh. But you, your, your point is so important, Jesse, because regardless of whether he was briefed, he still has responsibility. He can't shirk responsibility on this issue by saying he wasn't briefed on it. Now he has the information. Yeah, and so y- what is he going to do with it now? Y-
1: you also don't get to... Wave your flag and be the fucking fake fakedriot that you are while there are troops in harm's way at the hands of our absolutely hostile foreign power of Russia and Vladimir Putin. No good. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, 657-464-7609. Email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at com. The other thing that happened this week is Donald Trump sat down with Sean Hannity for some kind of a a town hall situation where they they had like a mildly social distanced min- little audience asking questions of Donald Trump. And it is it is bizarre world to me that when when given an opportunity any politician, especially a president of the United States, given an opportunity to talk about their accomplishments He should have a a long list, a litany of things that he's able to talk about. Instead, when asked this question about the things that he's accomplished, he talked about things that he didn't even do. For instance, Veterans Choice, which was passed by Obama in 2014. Listen to this moment.
6: And we got Veterans Choice approved and Veterans Accountability. That's where you can fire people that do a bad job you couldn't do it before. Very hard to get. They tried to get it for 50 years. Because the civil service unions, et cetera, you couldn't you know, get it. I got it. And the other thing is Veterans Choice, where if they can't see a doctor, we have great doctors in the VA, but if you can't see a doctor, you go out and you get a private doctor. We pay the bill. And it's, you have no idea how great it's been. And it's-,
2: it's, the same, it's the same lines. You have no idea how great it's been, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, he's, he's done this before the taking credit for obama's gains with vets yeah yeah in well, may of last year
1: what what was that moment what was that specific one this just the same thing
2: yeah he said that he passed a private sector health care program yeah, veterans choice exactly. after failed attempts by past presidents for the last 45 years uh, he probably
1: had Fred- Frederick Douglass working on that for him, so you know it's <laughs> he, he gets the job done. He's 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 solid like that. Yeah. The, the other thing that uh, I found just perplexing is the fact that not really perplexing because you know we expect moronic bullshit to happen. But are
2: you surprised, it, Jesse? No,
1: no, not at all. But Sean Hannity gives him tease up like the easiest question in the world. Like, look. Let's say that you, you get elected to your second term. What are going what are, what are your priorities going to be leading into a second term for Donald Trump? And he, really, a little bit surprising, didn't have a fucking answer at all. Listen to this. He is being asked again, I want the question to be everybody knows that we're on the same page here. He's being asked, what are going to be your priorities in your second
6: term? Sure. If you hear in 131 days from now, at some point in the night or early morning, we can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. Let's talk. What's at stake in this election as you compare and contrast? And what is what are your top priority items for a second term? Well, one of the things that will be really great, you know, the word experience is still good. I always say talent is more important than experience. I've always said that. But the word experience is a very important word. It's in a very important meaning. I never did this before. I never slept over in Washington. I was in Washington, I think, 17 times. All of a sudden, I'm president of the United States. You know the story. I'm riding down Pennsylvania Avenue with our first lady, and I say, this is great. But I didn't know very many people in Washington. It wasn't my thing. I was from Manhattan, from New York. Now I know everybody. And I have great people in the administration. You make some mistakes, like, you know, an idiot like Bolton, all he wanted to do is drop bombs on everybody. You don't have to drop bombs on everybody. You don't have to kill people. Sometimes if John, you have if made... John Bolton, in fact, released classified material, should he be prosecuted? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, he did release classified, actually. So uh. the
2: point, the point to all of that delicious word salad is that Donald Trump has no second term agenda.
1: That's right. So, so he, he has none. So, so nothing is what you're saying.
2: Right. Not ta- a goddamn he, thing. He, I mean, what the hell just happens? We got taken on a roller coaster ride yeah. of emotion, starting well, with experience is good. Melania the riding down the car and then John Bolton. He fucking hates like, yeah, he we, knows we, we everybody, know.
1: but he knows everybody. So that's good. Uh, I just no agenda for America. But, you know, it's he knows people now.
2: He has no second term agenda. So when you ask people, why do you support this person? I mean, he doesn't even know what his policies are. He couldn't even tell them to Sean Hannity.
1: Right. The the, the friendliest interview of any, well, any Republican, but certainly the the friendliest interview of Donald Trump is Hannity, the shadow chief of staff.
2: Right. Aside from airing his personal grievances, he has no second term agenda. When given the opportunity to talk about what his priorities are for the country in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of... Uh, national upset over oppression and inequality and police brutality he talks about john bolton i I mean what is
1: yeah and well listen there's a certain segment of the population that it works on it they 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 hear him talk and it is um uh, a wonderful leader who cares for america and her people and there's there's really nothing that's going to break that uh break down that particular barrier of of the cult of the Trump cult so um,
2: I'm, I'm i'm hopeful that you're wrong and i'm hopeful that there will be <laughs> something to break down at least in a certain percentage i, I mean please yeah, for you know, the love of
1: god yeah I, I, it's the same thing i've talked about for years now the fact that there is going to be a certain percentage of the, of uh of his support that will evaporate off a little bit, but you know, there's there's a lot of these people,
6: Trump, who baby. who
1: are are uh, immovable. They are the ir- irrevocably tethered to Donald Trump's cult of personality. So, uh, yeah. the, the the other thing before we go, I want to talk about this. Um, Donald Trump and Mike Pence have, have kicked off the rallies again. They obviously they were in Tulsa, which was an, a, an unmitigated disaster because. The one million tickets that they had people reserve um, culminated in 6,200 people showing up for the rally. So uh, then the next day, he, or a couple days later, he was in, in 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 Phoenix at a church. No one's wearing masks in a state where the the the, the cases are on the rise. It's just it's a nightmare. And Paula Reed, journalist, uh, held Pence to the to the fire on this. And his answer is about as stupid as you uh, you would think it would be. On
2: the campaign, it really
0: does sound, though, like you're saying do as we say,
2: not as we do. You're telling people to listen to local officials. But in Tulsa, you defied local health officials to have an event that even though you say it didn't result in a spike, dozens of Secret Service agents, dozens of campaign staffers are now quarantined after positive tests. And then in Arizona, one of the hardest hit states, you packed a church with young people who weren't wearing masks. So how can you say that the campaign is not part of the problem that Dr. Fauci laid out?
4: Well, I I want to remind you again that the freedom of speech and the right to peaceably assemble is enshrined in the Constitution of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) And and even in a health crisis, the American people don't forfeit our constitutional rights. And working with state officials, um, uh, as we did in Oklahoma and as... uh, Uh, As we did uh, in Arizona, Uh, we're creating settings where people can choose to participate uh, in the political process. And and we'll continue to do that. Uh
1: What is just hilarious and sad about this answer in this moment is the fact that the Trump campaign literally had people who attended the rally sign a liability release form. Releasing the campaign from any liability, legal liability, if they were to contract the coronavirus at the rally, right? So for him to deny that the campaign is playing a role is just
2: patently
1: fucking nonsensical.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, am not surprised by the answer. I, by the way, earlier when I was like, "Are you surprised, Jesse?" <laughs> I was, I was doing a joke about our least favorite response that we yes. see online to things that we post because it's just like the go-to. And no, we're not surprised. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes well, I am still surprised, but it's, we got to talk not, about
1: it. Oftentimes, whether it be the podcast, certainly happens on YouTube a lot. I'll post a video talking about something. And then that's it. in the comments. There's a whole bunch of those comments, which is, yeah, but are you, are you, you shouldn't be surprised by this. I'm, well, I'm not surprised by it, but I, what, I'm not supposed to talk about anything unless I'm surprised by it. Come
2: on. <laughs> yeah. So again, not surprised by his answer there, because <laughs> what I love about Mike Pence is you can tell that sometimes he's genuinely stumped. And I think that question was one that genuinely threw him off a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, where he where he was kind of Okay, I'm going to take a few beats, but it's under the guise of he's very thoughtful and he speaks slowly. And so it seems like it fits when really there was an extra couple of beats there before he started talking about the First Amendment. And I mean, good, good save.
1: Well, gathering his thoughts.
2: Yeah, he was gathering his thoughts and decent save, I guess. I mean, (laughs) it was a terrible answer and didn't answer the question, but he's he's better at it, certainly than Donald Trump is. Yeah.
1: So, again, I, I, I teased it earlier, but Alex Azar did make the rounds on the on the, the Sunday shows today. And he went on with Chuck Todd and they had a little bit of a conversation about uh, what's happening right now with, with the, 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 the rising numbers all across the country.
0: Mr. Secretary, multiple times with me in our seven minutes so far that we've talked, you have brought up masks, you brought up social distancing. But without the president of the United States doing this. Uh, how's half the country going to listen? Have you directly asked the president to please ask the country to wear a mask?
4: So I'm the president's secretary of health. I'm telling you practice social distancing where you can't appropriately social distance. We encourage you to wear a facial covering. The vice president of the United States on Friday stood on stage, walked up on stage wearing a mask, even though he doesn't need to in the sense that everybody around him is tested he's in a bubble the president we know is a very unique circumstance as leader of the free world he's tested constantly and those around him are tested constantly and are kept at a distance even with that but we're all saying this the president's guidelines for reopening the president's guidelines his guidelines have said from day one practice social distancing if you can't wear face coverings practice appropriate personal hygiene and always Please consider your individual circumstances and those of your household members. Protect the most vulnerable, those over 80, those over 65 with three or more of the serious comorbid conditions. These are the people we have to ring fence and protect right now.
0: It's a do, but what you just articulated, Mr. Secretary, is a do as I say, not as I do. The President of the United States holding indoor rallies twice in the last 10 days, once in a state that is seeing Um, a a potential of an out-of-control spread in Arizona. He doesn't talk about wearing a mask. And you avoided my question about whether you've asked the president to at least ask the country to wear a mask. Just because you put guidelines under his name, when he doesn't do it, his people don't listen.
4: Well, Chuck, I'm not going to talk about politics, but we've seen mass gatherings over the last several weeks where, with people rightly expressing First Amendment uh, and political views, and this is appropriate. But um, my message is one of public health, which is if you're going to participate in any type of large gathering, I encourage you, consider your individual circumstance, consider the, your, the circumstance of those you live with, and take appropriate precautions that are appropriate to yourself and your community. Secretary Azar, I have to leave it there. Um.
2: <laughs> Chuck Todd's all disgruntled. Why is he going on Meet the Press if he doesn't want to talk about politics? Yeah,
1: right. That, that, that Really, that's why I laughed, is you're on Meet the Press, Face? What do you mean you don't want to talk about politics?
2: Also, it's like going to a you, library
1: and like, yeah, I'm not really into reading. Yeah.
2: Also, you're there to represent the trump administration so if you are bummed out about having to do that then maybe find a different job
1: yeah Ugh,
2: that that may idiot. be something that you can do but this was a good question and donald trump is really dropping the ball here as well he's dropping all of the balls and this is a pretty big one a lot of ball dropping a lot of ball dropping and this is one of the bigger ones because you're seeing these videos all the time right of people being asked to put masks on when they come into a grocery store or they walk into a place of business, and then they start freaking out. There's a video I saw today of a woman in a grocery store, and she was asked to put on a mask, and she just starts emptying her cart out, throwing the items that were in her cart across the room. Yeah, I don't think she was throwing them at people, but she was certainly throwing them and just screaming and yelling. Then there was the woman at Trader Joe's in L.A., uh wearing the bedazzled shirt, the bedazzled t-shirt. Did you see that one? No. She was uh basically escorted out.
1: I've been on the out of the loop, man. You got to send me these.
2: And, <laughs> and what I love about these videos is they will say that they have like a respiratory problem and they can't wear a mask yeah. as they're as they're screaming in everyone's faces. Like they have plenty of lung power. <laughs> At least in that moment they do. It right. seems I mean, I'm not yeah. a doctor. I can't wait, diagnose that. Wait, wait, that. <laughs> wait, wait. I, we, you're
1: you're not a doctor. No. Oh, well. No. That's all the fuck we need.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> but l- but l- they have strong lung power. I can see it yeah, on the video. Yeah. We, you, yeah,
1: you're not measuring their their lung capacity, but well, good. Um, I think we're gonna wrap. It's the asshole
2: matt walsh
1: matt walsh
2: matt walsh who has one of the most forgettable faces that has ever existed or maybe i just have prosopagnosia only when it comes to matt walsh because prosopagnosia
1: I... what,
2: yeah what that's is a... what
1: is pro- prosopragnosia
2: Prosopagnosia. Oh. Now you're confusing me. My, I, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but I believe it's facial blindness where you oh, can't recognize yeah. faces.
1: I know what you're talking about. Pro,
2: prosopagnosia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. how you say it. Um, or maybe it just applies to him because every time I see a video of him in my feed, I think, who is this? Just I generic, can't ever remember.
1: Just generic bearded white dipshit.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, he has a talk show, apparently. Didn't know Dave, that either. Yeah, I thought he, he,
1: he works for Ben Shapiro.
2: Yeah, I thought he just writes that blog that no one reads, and he <laughs> talked about racism on his show, and as you can imagine, it did not go well.
0: Think about that statement. Think about what a stupid statement that you only think you're not racist. Guess what? If you think you're not racist, you're not. Because racism is all about what you think. How does that... It's like, you know, if I think um, that, uh, you know, that I <laughs> pause, don't like pause, vanilla pause. ice cream.
2: Let's just pause I don't it, like, I like it. <laughs> okay. You know, and this happens to me all the time, so I can easily recognize it. When you start saying something very stupid <laughs> and right. as soon as you have said it, you're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that was a terrible point. Doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense at all. Oh, I but also, I'm already in it? Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: already in it? I also love the racism is about what you think. Not necessarily, bro. It's also how you act and, and the, the different policies that are put in place and how people are treated. It's not about just thought crime. It's not just about what goes on inside your goddamn head.
2: Yeah. my sense is here that he didn't think this through. And so as he was saying it, he's like, how am I (laughs) going to make this work? Let's talk about ice cream. Let's compare it to ice cream. And then he continues.
0: It's as simple as that. It's about what I think. It comes down to what you think. All of these issues are about what you think, how you feel. That's what it is. So if you think you're not bigoted in a certain area, then you're not. If you think you're not racist towards a certain group of people, you're not. Because that's what it all and, and, and you know something else? You are the only person who can speak to it. You're the only person who can decide whether or not you're racist. Nobody else can because no one else can see inside your head. I mean, you could certainly lie about it. But in terms of who, who who is the one single absolute authority on your racism or lack thereof you whether you speak honestly on the subject or not is a different subject but you're the only authority not some other person not some leftist in a surgical mask holding a sign at a blm rally shouting at you they're not an authority they don't know a single damn thing about what you think or what's in your head
2: So, Matt Walsh coming out as a trans rights supporter right now, right? No one has the authority to tell you anything about your experience, your feelings. Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing that right, right? That no one else other than yourself has the authority to explain to you how you feel about yourself. That's right. Right?
1: That would be the logical you taking this out to the next to the next uh, layer there. That's what he would be uh, describing, explaining.
2: Or does this only apply to protecting himself from accusations of being a racist?
1: Yeah. Ugh.
2: Also, has he never heard of like being delusional? You know, people can have all kinds of beliefs about themselves and they're deluded. That's something that happens. For instance, Matt Walsh believing that he is intelligent, <laughs> that would be one of those yeah, things. Yeah, listen,
1: it is, he is doing hard fucking work to be that goddamn dumb. That clip is remarkably stupid.
2: Well, it, it, what's alarming about it is that people listen to it and they're like, yeah, mm, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's sad. And I mean, how many people then went online to talk to their Facebook friends and said, I'm not a racist because I know. I know my thoughts and yeah. if I don't believe I'm a racist then I'm not a racist. I mean it doesn't even make sense.
1: <laughs> well, you listen. I've said this many times before, but people like David Duke, people like Richard Spencer, they also claim to not be racist. So you Right. You, you can't rely on what someone thinks or doesn't think about what they There's a lot of people who are obviously clearly racist. Who don't identify what they're doing, how they think, how they're behaving as a problem.
2: Right. It's the same thing with the masks right now. There's people who believe that the virus is not real and that it doesn't matter if they go into public and don't wear a mask. Are they right, too, that the virus isn't real because they're telling themselves it's not real? If they think
1: they're right, they must be right, Brittany Page. That must be the way it works. Anyway... We'd love to know what you think, 657-464-7609, email it at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We are going to end it here. We will be back next time. We're going to try to get on to some kind of a, a schedule that is working. We're going to work the kinks out. This is the first time we've ever done the show remote, ever, and um, I think it went okay. How are you feeling about it? Let's uh, circle the wagons and, and talk about it.
2: Let's debrief. <laughs> uh I'm uh feeling okay about it. I there were moments where I heard static and I wrote down the times because I don't know if you're gonna hear that on your end or if that's gonna be on mine. like, you know, we need to work out some of that. But it's good because I haven't been trained in how to do any of the technical stuff. So I feel like I'm I'm getting a little bit of how to do it because I'm recording my own track. Yeah, I'm yeah. Send it to you. Definite and- learning
1: curve. N- yeah. New new territory for Britney Page.
2: So what I'm saying is I'm becoming a lot more self sufficient as a result of it. <laughs> right. Next and- next
1: step, you'll just have to edit and post and do everything else.
2: Do do what now? <laughs> What's gonna have to be
1: Anyway, we're gonna leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening as often as you do. Thank you for your support of the show on patreon, through PayPal. Uh, it means the world to us that, that we have such a tight-knit, supportive community that has built up around this show. So we'll see you next time for Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been. I doubt it.
6: The villages, the